0: Welcome to the Being a Whole Person podcast. I'm Rebecca Haas, a pianist, composer, and creative wellness coach, and my job is to help you self-compassionately grow your creative practice from a supportive foundation of wellness. This podcast features honest conversations, resources, inspiration, and tangible tips to help you cultivate more balance and ease in your work and life, follow through on your goals without constant hustle, and also feel like a whole person in the process. I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 33 of Being a Whole Person. Today, I'm very excited to share my conversation with Deanna Joy Spencer, who goes by her middle name, Joy, of Joy Knows How. She is a multi-passionate educator, community builder, and content creator, and she believes that having many passions is a gift and not a burden, and she's on a mission to rewrite that narrative around choosing one thing being the only path to success which I think is very refreshing for many of us creative people who consider ourselves multi-passionate, and we don't want to pick one thing. And there's a lot of good reasons why you don't have to, which we definitely get into in the episode. Joy teaches creatives how to make friends with focus, overcome overwhelm, and step into their multi-passionate mastery. So as you can see from just this description, she and I have a lot in common We talk a lot about seeing relaxation as the way to spark your creativity or re-spark it, rekindle it. We are both musicians who also coach and educate in the online space, and we are both multi-passionate creative people. So I had so much fun talking to her about this stuff. And to promote the idea that we get to celebrate all of the beautiful ways that our various experiences come together to make us who we are and make our creative work what it is, and enable us to have a purpose and help people in this world. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation a lot. Before I get into it, quick announcement, I am doing a free co-working session this Tuesday, April 27th at 10 a.m. Pacific, and this is a compassionate productivity co-working session, which means that we are going to get together and put ourselves in the right frame of mind for working in a way that is kind to ourselves. We will state our intentions for the session so that we can all show up and be accountable together and support each other in our goal. And then at the end, we're going to have a mini party to celebrate what we did over the course of the hour. So I think it's going to be really fun and a really great chance to promote your focus and support each other. In our most important creative work, or the admin stuff that supports that creative work, or whatever you want to get done during this time. It's all good. So, the sign up link is in the show notes for that. I also want to mention that if you're listening to this when it comes out, you have one more week to grab my Build Your Seasonal Self Care Survival Kit workshop. The recording is going to be up through April 30th, 2021. And It's such a great tool for using the framework of many types of rest to create a master list of self-care possible actions that sound good to you. And then a menu that's kind of your go-to stuff that you can choose from. This has been a really fun workshop to do and it's been really impactful for people in terms of being able to do self-care that actually means something that actually is replenishing and doesn't make you feel bad about yourself or like you have to fill out a checklist or any of this stuff so if that sounds good to you check that out in the show notes too and let's get into the interview with joy so today i'm really excited to welcome diana joy spencer to the show welcome joy she goes by joy
1: Yes, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'm super excited. Can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do, what you're all about?
1: Sure. So yeah, my name is Deanna Joy and I go by my middle name, as you said, mostly because the internet rejects my first name because it has that apostrophe in it. And Joy just kind of works for my personality and my overall brand. So my business name is Joy knows how what that means, everything that falls under the umbrella of my business is helping multi-passionate creatives learn how to embrace their talents as a gift, not a burden. And recently I have started taking that a step further and not only learning how to embrace your talents, but actually moving into a place of having multi-passionate mastery. So turning this idea of the only people who can be a master are you know the specialists or the people who have one really narrow niche, kind of turning that idea on its head and saying, what if as multi-passionates, we could have mastery over that, over our experience, over how we choose to speak about that and how we operate in the world. So I do this through my online community, through educational content that I put out into the world, courses and things like that. And um, there's a podcast brewing inside of me. So that's probably the next thing that's going to come and, and be born into the world. But it's just really figuring out how can we start to rewrite this narrative that choosing one thing is the only path to success. Because for someone like me who spent their entire 20s feeling like they I felt like success was just something I would not get to experience because I could not, I didn't have that one thing. You know, I had a lot of things I was good at and I realized I could choose one and go all in, which is what every well-meaning person in my life is telling me to do, right? Oh, so what are you gonna do? And you know, oh, why don't you pursue music? Or why don't you pursue writing? You know, basically get serious about something was kind of the messaging that I heard from so many people, very well-meaning people in my life. But that inclination to go all in on one thing just kind of left me feeling really paralyzed, like analysis paralysis, because that felt so incorrect for my experience. I, I didn't want to choose one thing. And if I did, I would end up feeling like I was being a fraud. Like I was rejecting all these other parts of myself. And so, you know, instead, I just chose to choose myself and figure out what that would look like. And, you know, I'll be honest, it's not as like it's not as much of a straight and narrow path as someone who can niche right away and is like here for that journey and is excited about that it's a lot more trial and error picking things up putting them down being okay with that being confident with pivoting when you need to and you know having a thick skin in order to embrace what it looks like to do this in a multi-passionate way. So it's a kind of a very long-winded introduction, but that's kind of summarizes who I am, what I'm here to do, and, and my life's mission, really. It sounds kind of cliche, but I'm on a mission.
0: <laughs> that's so great. I, I enjoy the long-winded, long-winded introduction, so <laughs> no worries there. I have so many thoughts, so many things just came up hearing you. Describe what you do and, and your thoughts on that. I know that a lot of people listening to this podcast probably describe themselves as multi-passionate or relate with that even if they haven't heard that term before. But I know I found it so freeing when I first discovered that term because I was like, oh, it doesn't mean that you just like can't stick with one thing or if you're trying to divide yourself between many things, because I've always done that like as a musician, even within music, I've done so many different things. And now I divide my time between music and coaching. And I had a jewelry Etsy store for a while and like I'm sure you relate exactly (laughs) to this experience. And it's like, you're so right. We hear that, like pick one thing and stick with it. And like, that always felt so final to me. So like you're committed for life. And I'd be like, I don't want to do that. Like, where does that leave room for evolution and for learning and growing? You know, it just doesn't. So, (laughs) yeah, totally. I, I find the idea of mastery of your multi-passionate nature to be really freeing.
1: I really like what you said about choosing one thing, feeling so final, because I think that's what makes it so scary. This idea that, you know, you're making this choice and to be perfectly honest, we can create a business plan and we can think about what something's going to look like a few years from now. But we can't really ever totally feel into that space. We, we have to be, whether you're a specialist or a multi-passionate, you've got to be willing to kind of let yourself go on that adventure, right? Of like, okay, I'm going to start this project. And what is it going to look like a year from now? You can predict that, but how are you going to actually feel into that? It's difficult to do that. But what a multi-passionate can feel is they can feel that that doom that of the finality, right. You can at least feel that you can feel, you know, you'll hear sometimes like a mindset coach. I've heard this a lot in the coaching industry where you think about an idea and you think about like, does it make your body expand or contract or something like that? Mm. I'm probably butchering it, but do you know what what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like you can feel in your body.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Like you can feel your body like opening up to the idea and being excited and inviting it in, even, even if it's a little scary or you can feel this sense of just like rejection or heaviness or like just the constant questioning if you're making the right choice. Right. I think we all question if we're making correct choices, that's totally normal, but for a multi-passionate kind of trying to force yourself into having that one lane that you stay in and just choosing that one thing, it's it's a different level of questioning that choice because it feels like you are rejecting other parts of your being. So it's like very painful. Um, and yeah, that's essentially why I think when we first hear the term multi-passionate creative, that's our first glimpse at permission to embrace that part of ourselves. It's that first moment of like this combination of words that makes you realize you're not just a flaky, wishy-washy mess. And that <laughs> actually there's a category, you know, there's like an actual word for this. So there must be other people who feel the same way. And then you kind of just that um, unveiling of these layers of realizing that who you are is actually okay It's such a powerful experience. And I'm really grateful to say that in that moment is when a lot of people find my work. Um, So it's so wonderful to get a lot of like DMs and have a lot of conversations with people who are just realizing that, oh my goodness, I'm a multi-passionate creative. You know, it's just such a visceral feeling and I get to relive it so often.
0: Yeah, I bet. It sounds like the way you describe this is really rooted in self-trust. Cause you said that straight and narrow path, it's not exactly the straight and narrow path, but like, isn't that kind of fictional anyway? Like who is on the straight and narrow path? I, anyone who's in a creative field knows that there's so much adaptation and evolution of what you're interested in doing. And like, have you ever met someone who is on a straight and narrow path? I don't know that I have.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've met people who kind of like choose something and then they're good with that and they don't they and maybe they want to you know like I have a lot of friends who are very like career driven you know sure and they they work in a certain field and they just want to grow in that field yeah Whereas I'm like I want to create an empire within which I can just do a whole bunch of different stuff (laughs) because if I get stuck even if like climbing a ladder in one industry even that sounds like a snooze fest for me So like, you know, right now I'm working on certain elements of my business, but just like you, I'm also a musician. So there will come a time when I record an EP and I give that part of my life more attention. It's not right now, but it will come, right? And so nobody's path is straight and narrow, but I do know, I do know a good amount of people who, you know, they feel really encouraged by that direction, it's kind of like their North Star, yeah, their guiding light, but yeah, no, it is very fictional. No one's path is straight and narrow, <laughs> yeah,
0: in creative fields, yeah, like in creative fields and entrepreneurial paths. I feel like the straight and narrow just oh, yeah, we should just stop striving for that, or we should just throw out that idea because it's probably not going to work that way. <laughs> we should embrace the uncertainty,
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't you think that like more people need to just show up and just be honest about? the journey or even like I I sometimes think that um, especially in the online education space like as you're saying in the entrepreneurship space right there are there are of course going to be people at all different levels and you know we're going to have mentors and we're going to join programs and all of that and I do sometimes think that there's just a disconnect after people are so far removed from that like point where they were trying things and it wasn't working and they had to pivot and like, you know, quickly and reassess and not give up, but just go in a new direction so they didn't like lose their momentum or whatever. I think sometimes that really does get shoved into the back people's minds. yeah. And then they end up just telling us about their like six figure launches or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And it's like great advice, but they're only going back a year or two years, you know, when they talk about their experience and not going back to like the origin of everything you had to pick up and put down in order to get there and the mentors and the leaders who do share that entire journey like I don't know about you but that's who I really gravitate toward for like in like a long-term way like oh my gosh I could learn from this person for years and I want to consume all their content and just you know, be close to them. I know we're both like in the being boss community. This is why I love Emily Thompson. I feel like she's still so connected to the origin of her business building journey, but not all leaders are like that. And I think that that's why we have to have conversations like this where we're like, can we just be real? Like entrepreneurship (laughs) is a shit show. (laughs) (laughs) It is not this glamorous Like it's fun and it can be easy, let it be easy. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation or maybe we can talk about it. But, you know, I think we have to be really intentional about letting it be easy and choosing that it can be easy because inherently so many challenges and ups and downs and bumps in the road, you know?
0: Yeah, I do admire that honesty and people who are willing to be candid with their, uncertainty in figuring it out because yeah we all go through it we're all new at something at the beginning and none of us know what we're doing before we know what we're doing and that's fine you know we make our way through it exactly so going back to music what do you do musically i'm super curious
1: yeah i sing and play the ukulele cool. so i have lots of original songs and i also do covers and there was a time in my life where I was a lead singer in a couple of bands and we used to play gigs out here in LA where I live and kind of like the smaller, uh, some smaller venues around town when I was a bit younger, like fresh out of college. Yeah.
0: Fun. Times. Yeah. I relate to what you're saying that it kind of needs to have a season to really focus on producing an album, for instance. Like when I did yeah. that a few years ago, that was like, The thing I was focused on because I had to run the Kickstarter and I had to promote it and then I had to make the album. And because I got a grant for part of it, I was on a kind of tight timeline. So basically all of 2018 was like focused on album making. And then afterwards it was like, oh, okay, now I can do something else (laughs) because that baby has been birthed, you know?
1: That's so awesome though. Congratulations. Thank on you. Bringing that project into the world. That is huge.
0: It huge, was huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have to gear up before I can do it again. And also it's yeah. just weird being a musician right now, but that's a whole other thing. I
1: know. I think that's part of the reason why I put it on the back burner because just before, so in March I did a friend of mine reached out to me and was like, are you still doing music? And I was like, yeah, you know, for fun. It's not something I'm really promoting right now, but of course I'm always going to, you know, quote unquote do music because it's part of who I am. And so we went out to this beautiful um, park in East LA and he filmed me playing a song. We can put it in the show notes if you want. I'll send you the link. Yeah, definitely.
0: And it was so
1: fun. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a sign. Like I'm going to get back into performing because what I love so much about music is that universal connection like when you are performing and you look someone in the eye complete stranger and they just you for a moment it's just you and that person and they can really feel you and feel your soul and your essence through your voice Mm -hmm. and I was like I'm so this is so exciting and literally two weeks later the world (laughs) totally changed
0: (laughs) that's so funny
1: maybe not this year yeah, um, but I've seen so many people doing really cool, creative, virtual. Didn't you? Are you doing virtual? Music?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. doing some online concerts. I've done some collaborations with the acapella app with some different friends. You don't have to use that app, but just like virtual collaborations and ensembles with people and yeah the same thing happened to me actually I moved to the Bay Area in mid-2019 so it kind of took me a little while to like get settled and I was accompanying for this opera aerial production that just ended on March 1st and I was like all right I'm ready I'm gonna start really getting serious about gigging here and then two weeks later (laughs) Yeah. Just kidding! The universe is like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, online concerts are really fun, and I enjoy that I can walk into my living room <laughs> and do it. Yeah, and I can connect with people who are far away, and you right. know, people like to watch stuff sitting on their couch. Like our biggest competition right. to gig sometimes is the couch. Truly,
1: right, right. Well, congratulations on finding a way. I think that's really has yeah, honorable. Thanks. Yeah. That's something that's been, I mean, i would love just watching creatives this year. It's like, there, we really cannot be stopped because we're here for the solution, yeah. right? Like we are here for, okay, this is what's happening right now. This is what it is. I'm a creative person, so I'm gonna feel all of this really intensely, and then I'm gonna transmute that into a solution. And I've been just loving the communities that I'm a part of, the people that I've met, and just really feeling like we are so unstoppable. The creative entrepreneur is like the unicorn of business. It's we are just so I like that. We're really magical. <laughs> We are yeah. magical beings who, who, you know, it doesn't always have to make sense, but we've, we just find a way.
0: Well, and it takes so much creativity to figure out what you're doing once a pandemic hits. None of us have experienced that before. So if you are accustomed to using creativity in your work, that puts you in a position to maybe use it in a different way that you haven't used it before. But I think our brains are used to having to be creative but then the challenge yeah. of that I've found with myself and with clients that I work with is like they kind of used up their creative juice on like what am I even doing right now and then they don't have a lot mm. left for actually working on their personal creative practices have you seen that with people you work mm. with this year
1: do you mean almost like just not having time to create just for creativity's sake
0: yeah or energy
1: yeah Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I think what I'm noticing the most is that everyone is a little bit more dialed into the. So, like, there's like the creative business owner. I think we're all really facing the side of that where it's the business side. How do we do this? Everyone's online. And I mean, I've, my business has always been online. So, I always dreamed about having in person events, but I just, hadn't quite like got figured any of that out yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really talking about myself, but I just think that i what I'm seeing is a lot of people are ready to turn their story and their mission into a business. And I think when you are so business focused, it really can feel like there's nothing else. It can really consume your life. Right. Cause it's almost yeah. like this business is inside of you and it's, it's, being formulated and it's coming out through like you the human being who's like the channel to put the business from you know the energetic ethers or whatever out into the world so that it can then have a ripple effect and impact all these lives or whatever that looks like but I I definitely feel and myself included like it's just like almost 24 7 all I do is think about my business, what I'm doing next, X, Y, and Z. And so for me and for anyone listening, who's just like, yeah, I haven't really created it all for fun. I think really the key is relaxing. Yes. It's just like not even forcing yourself into doing some other type of creation. Like, Oh, I haven't picked up my paintbrush in a long time. Or, Oh, I haven't, you know, for example, I really have not played the ukulele a lot lately. I haven't. Um, It just hasn't been in my awareness and it hasn't been something I felt like doing. So I haven't done it. But what that tells me isn't, oh, you know, I'm not making time for my other creative passions. What it tells me is I'm probably not relaxed enough to even crave my other creative passions. Mm -hmm. So it's just getting that relaxation time and becoming kind of a snob about that, like protecting that time scheduling that time, making it really non-negotiable where the only agenda is to not have an agenda. Yeah. And I think from that space of relaxation, then we want to go grab our our watercolor paints or then we want to go pick up our instrument. Then we want to, you know, create a collage or do some macrame or whatever that is. It's like it it usually, at least in my case, comes from that relaxed state. Absolutely. Because otherwise we're still like in the do we're just putting that doing energy into something else, but we're still not relaxed about it. We're like, Oh, I haven't done a hobby. I'm going to, all right, I'm going to sit down and do this, but we still feel that tense energy even as we're creating. So relaxing. I'm like definitely talking right to myself as well, because I have to, <laughs> I have to sit, I have to schedule time to make sure that I truly, truly relax and unwind.
0: I do and that I think too. Also
1: like unwinding alone. Cause I can relax with my partner at the end of the day, and it feels relaxing and nourishing. And I enjoy that time. But I don't consider that time where I'm relaxing to the point where I kind of move into a creative state. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Are you an introvert too?
1: Yeah, I'm like an extroverted introvert. So I get a lot of energy from being around people. And I love being around people. But if I don't recharge, then I'm useless. So I guess that is essentially an introvert.
0: Yeah. I always call myself a friendly introvert. Like I enjoy being around people, but there's only there's a, an amount of time, the timer goes off at a party, you know, in my brain and I'm juiced and that's it. (laughs) I gotta go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: absolutely. The solitude and the quiet are so essential for having the mental space to want to do that creative stuff. And it can be so hard when we put so many expectations on ourselves and our identities are wrapped up in these things that we do. And you're like, well, I haven't played the ukulele in a while. Am I still a musician? Can I still say, you know, not saying you necessarily question that, but that comes up so often for people. And I just keep affirming to people, like, if you haven't done it in a year, you're still a painter.
1: Yeah.
0: If you want to be, you know, you get to decide when to put the label there.
1: That's right. It's like I always say, multi-passionate creative is a noun and not a verb. Mm. It's not about how many projects you're juggling at one time. It's not about, you know, how many passions you can blend into one offer and trying to cram every single one of your creative outlets into your business model it's not about that. It's simply who you are. So you might bring a different set of solutions to a problem because you are multi-passionate, you know, or you may have a different opinion to offer because you are multi-passionate and you see connections that other people don't see or don't even consider. Uh, So I think we have to be so careful, right? Because even though that term is really empowering, if we are not careful and we start to take it in as a verb and not a noun then we end up on the opposite side of the spectrum where we feel like we in order to be validated we have to do as much as we possibly can Mm -hmm. and then you end up burned out so you know it's kind of like you were saying earlier when you were talking about your album you know you dedicated a season to that And it didn't mean that you weren't someone who also had the desire to coach and help people. But in that season, you were focused on your music, creating this album, getting that out into the world, everything that came with that, even things that you didn't expect that you didn't know probably were going to be a part of that process
0: when you were in the (laughs) middle of it. Right.
1: Um, And seeing that through. And what's so beautiful is that process is more than just making an album, right? It's, you planned something, you saw the vision, you brought it to life, you rallied people behind your mission, you, then you made it happen, right? And so as you move into the other of your creative business, which I know you said you're doing a more like coaching now, you get to speak from that experience and it makes you a better coach. Exactly. So that's what I mean when I say multi-passionate is a noun and not a verb. It's you being you, that is the gift. Like when I say embrace your talents is a gift, not a burden... It's not embrace the fact that you can do it all and you should do it all right now. It's embrace the fact that you, because of all of your talents and all of your experience, you have something so unique to offer no matter what your focus is at the moment. I think that's a really important distinction to make.
0: Yeah. I think it's funny how sometimes we don't even really realize those overlaps in ourselves. Like a friend of mine hearing some of my composition, she was like, oh, you definitely write like a percussionist. And I've been in a Brazilian drum group for, you know, more than a decade. And I was like, oh, you're right. I do. I had no idea that that was how I was approaching it, but it was. And that's so cool when someone else can mirror that to us and then show that like each of us is this really cool web of different things that are intertwined.
1: Totally. That's such a great example. Exactly.
0: So do you have any examples either of that or do you want to share some of what your other passions are besides music and your business? I'm sure there's a really long list.
1: Yeah, besides music and playing the ukulele, I also really, really, really love home decor. Ooh. Part of my leisure is definitely flipping through home decor magazines, watching home decor on YouTube, and then going ahead and redecorating my home. We just moved into a new apartment um, a couple months ago, so it's been so much fun bringing plants in and hanging mm. things up on the wall. And I would say that's definitely a part of my passions. And I would say the overlap there is that I am a creator. So being able to manipulate physical space and see a transformation in front of my eyes constantly reminds me what I'm capable of. Even if it's something like creating something online, like a workshop or something like that, I know that I have the ability to shift, to shift the energy, to change the vibe based on how I show up and how I decide to navigate whatever that landscape is whether it's my living room or whether it's online so that's kind of a cool point of overlap um i, I also really love plant care um i think that a lot of us do i just my my dad came to visit me yesterday and you opened the door and he was like wow you have so many plants <laughs> and then, you know for me it's just totally normal but we i do have a lot of plants here um and, you know, I kind of take for granted that they're all just living and thriving, uh, but, you know, it took trial and error and I really, really love having them around. And I think plants just teach you the beauty of being still and quiet yeah, and slowing down and they don't ask for much, but they have so much to give. And sometimes I just, I, like I'm looking across the room at my plants right now and it's just a sense of vitality and a sense of pleasure. So I don't know that there's a ton of overlap, but it's definitely great for my mental health. Love, love, love plants.
0: The observation too, like you need to be very attuned to what it looks like in order to know, is it healthy? Does it have too much water? Is it getting a little bit yellow? Is it getting a little bit crispy? You know, there's, there's like a mindfulness to that, that probably overlaps with stuff.
1: I so love plants. Like, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even care. I just love them. (laughs) Just bring me more plants. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But no, I think that presence, that that slowing down and also just remembering like the simple pleasures. I think that's kind of part of what plants give me. Yeah. And life. I also love crystals. So I have a pretty large crystal collection. I've been collecting crystals for a really long time and they remind me of miracles and just what's possible and magic. And to flow and to be in a, in a playful relationship with the universe. It's something that I really love. And, and I have my ebbs and flows with crystals as well. Sometimes they're more so on display. Sometimes I'm sleeping with them under my pillow or like setting up grids and <laughs> meditating with them. Sometimes I'm wearing them in my bra. It just, it comes and it goes as it, as it needs to kind of depending on, I guess, what's going on in my Mm -hmm. life but just the love for the mineral kingdom and the natural wonder crystals kind of put me in awe of life Mm -hmm. to me I can look into a crystal and it's almost like I'm looking at a beautiful vast landscape they're like the same to me because I'm so enamored
0: there's so many colors too
1: it's amazing and the structure just they're just amazing so that's something that I really, really love. I also love graphic design, which mm. I suppose just from being a solopreneur, I've had to do certain things on my own. And I realized that graphics and having other people do my graphics was such a hard thing for me to outsource because I genuinely enjoy it and love it. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's
1: not something that I really outsource anymore. I just do it myself because I love it. Cool. It's fun and it's energizing. (laughs) Yeah. So it's fun to just do that because I can do it for myself. And I'm sure there'll come a point where I do bring someone onto my team to do more of that, but it'll be like one of the last things I hand off because I genuinely love and enjoy it. And I'm actually grateful that I get to have fun and play with that um, in a way that supports my business. So, I mean, there's so many things I could keep going, but I think, you know, and, and the passion of just helping people is, you know, the number one driver for my business building journey. You know, every time I feel like I'm not Making forward momentum, or something's gone wrong, or you know, I'm not. I would be like clockwork. The universe sends someone into my life who DMs me, oh, "Thank you so much. This changed my life." I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Let me go take a nap and wake up and like get back to this because there's something here. So seeing other people thrive is something that I think is almost really hard to explain. And, and I wish I could figure out where that comes from. I think it's more of just a sole purpose, but really seeing other people thrive. And one, one passion I guess I could say I definitely have as well as education. I spent a lot of years as a nanny out of college. So I was a nanny for six, seven years out of college and then i became a substitute teacher after that right when i was starting my blog which kind of led to this um, business that i have now and i use so many of my skills at, from being a nanny in my life still today oh i'm sure as well as my skills of you know being an educator creating a lesson plan and all of that it's really really easy for me to host a workshop because I can lesson plan. So it's very similar. Creating an outline for a workshop is very similar to doing a lesson plan for a classroom. For sure. So so many skills have just cycled through different parts of life and different passions. And it all culminates into creating Join Knows How this platform multi-passionate person, you have to be ready to like, keep up with all the places that conversation is going to go. So I love that we're like, just going on this tangent because this is, this is like quintessential multi-passionate. If someone's okay with being multi-passionate, they will like go there with you. They'll tell you everything they love to do. And it does not all have to go together or make sense, (laughs) you know? And I think that that's just really refreshing to go on that tangent. And realize that it's it's okay. It doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to end up in your business model. Everything doesn't have to turn into an offer. And if it does, that's great. But no matter what, every single one of your passions has built you up and has given you a reserve of tools and resources that you can then pull from and bring up as you need them in your life. It's just such a it's refreshing conversation.
0: Yeah. I think this just came to me while we've been talking today, but I think it's so intimately connected. Being multi-passionate is so intimately connected with curiosity. I think that is the thing that fuels it. And I'm so not surprised that education is one of your passions because like that's what passion is, right? Always wanting to learn more, always considering yourself a student of life and you'll never get bored. (laughs) There's always so much more to learn. And it's it's so fun.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Being curious is definitely a commonality among multi-passionate creatives for sure. And some people will say that it's a burden because they'll say that they just have shiny object syndrome. It could be. And that yeah. They're just being distracted. But if you can even become curious about that distraction,
0: yeah, then you really
1: start getting into the nitty-gritty yeah. of what's going on there.
0: But understanding yourself and your patterns better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I want to pivot back to, you're talking about how relaxation was the main thing that you need to get yourself back in a creative space. I fully agree with that. I'd love to hear what some of your relaxation activities and self-care practices are.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Great question. I'm going to share with you my newest obsession, which is I bought this beautiful like all cotton hammock and you tie it between two trees. Yeah. And I just used it for the first time, literally today, this morning. So like I woke up and I thought about all the things I wanted to do. And then I was like, you know what I really want to do though? I just want to go to the park and lay in that hammock. And I allowed myself to just do that. I was like, I'm just going to go lay in the hammock. And I had had, I've had it for a couple of weeks, but today's the first day that I got to do it. And to lay there and lightly swing underneath the trees with the beautiful clear sky right above, it was just so relaxing. And of course, while I was laying there and swinging and just chilling, I worked out this whole, i am working on a few different projects and I've been tell me if you can relate to this, Rebecca, I've been trying to figure out, okay, which one of these am I going to do first? Like, uh-huh. what is the order of importance? And what is the order of operations? Like, do I do this first? And this, cause there's so many different ways yeah. it could go. And while I was laying in that hammock, I just figured it all out. I was like, Oh,
0: I can totally relate to that. It's not always <laughs> laying in a hat. Well, I don't, we actually do have a hammock. My partner really likes hammocks and he tied one up in our front yard and he hasn't been in it in a while I should remind him about the hammock but mm-hmm. but like to me my activities for that are going for a walk yeah or taking a shower those are the places where things fall into place and I'm like ooh, here we are I just needed the mental space and that's where I got it yeah
1: Yeah, if you're working on a problem, trying to figure something out, taking a shower is like definitely a fast track to the solution.
0: Do you know about shower notepads? Because that was a game changer for me.
1: No, is it literally what it sounds like? Yes. Like a notepad that you can use in the shower?
0: Yes. It is a waterproof notepad and it has a pencil. I don't know if the pencil is like, special or if it's that the plastic paper stuff is special but yeah what sometimes I take super long showers because i'm just scribbling i just found it on amazon no. just, just search like waterproof shower notepad and you'll find it
1: oh my goodness. I will.
0: Yeah. That is so cool. I think it was the one I got is like love notes, leave love notes in the shower. And I was like, like I don't psh,
1: use it. For I'm that, about to but- <laughs> plan my next project in here. <laughs> exactly. I
0: just wrote a podcast episode. So that is so cool. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. And that just speaks to like Oh, yeah, showers are amazing. And you know what? My thought is like, oh, that'd be so great for the bathtub because yeah. I definitely have a lot of notebooks that are crinkled up and look like they've been <laughs> thrown in the sea because I'm yeah. like, oh, I have this great idea. One of my number one ways to relax. And I say that with a little bit of heartbreak because in the last home I lived in, I had a beautiful, huge, deep bathtub and in our new apartment it's kind of the standard like uh, this is just so that the shower water doesn't get all over the floor like this really isn't yeah, a bath it's very uh, shallow and you know it's kind of cold when you're in there it's not as exciting so I'm putting together literally like a bathtub fund like okay I need to have some money on the side so I can just go to an Airbnb once a month and take a luxurious bath like Ooh. that's how serious I am about baths Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really love relaxing in the bathtub and I also really love there's like a course or something that I signed up for or any kind of like online conference and I and I want to watch the replay but I just haven't been making time for it or I keep you know making excuses or a particular study the bath is when I get it done
0: because Mm -hmm. I
1: can't go in the kitchen and look in the fridge I can't my I can't my dog's (laughs) not gonna come up to me and start asking me to go out you know my partner isn't randomly asking me a question or something you know so for me i have found that the bathtub is almost like this little study study place that i can use to really go deep into um some of my learnings if i if i so choose or just relax
0: that's very cool you're inspiring me to clean my bathtub because (laughs) it's not clean enough to bathe in right now
1: Do it, do it, especially if it's nice and, and, you know, a good depth so that you can enjoy. Yeah. It's a good not, soak.
0: Yeah. It needs to be deeper. Like you yeah. need to be more fully submerged, but I think it would still be good.
1: It will be good. Like just the act of getting in there, even if it's not the most comfortable experience once you're in, yeah, you know, having, just taking that pause will feel really good. And I'm with you on the walks. I love walking as well. I'm trying to get to the point where I don't feel so guilty walking without my dog because (laughs) he likes to stop and he gets so excited about every other dog, but just walking, getting the energy moving, being out in fresh air is really great. And I feel the same way about standing in front of the ocean. Mm, Yes. Just being in front of a vast body of water and letting your thoughts just feel just as open as that landscape feels so, so, so good. Um, I used to be a big napper. Once I got back into like the nine to five schedule, I, I really wasn't able to nap as much as I would like to, but I put in my notice and I only have four more days left. So yeah. probably going to get back to naps. Nice. I love napping. Um, yeah. And also like, yeah, watering plants. I find to be super relaxing
0: too. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of puzzles lately. That's been an amazing mental Ooh, break. And that's tactile too. Yes. Right. No screens. So you're
1: getting, you know, your hands and your brain get to talk to each other. That's really cool. Right. Yeah. I think that too, having no screen time, you know, like and, and part of the way that I accomplish this while still feeling like I'm getting things done is I'll turn no screen time into like part of my work process. So, when I'm creating a course for my community or working on a workshop, I write the outline on paper and I go out to the park. So I don't even sit in my house. I'm like, okay, time to go write this outline. And I'll bring a blanket and some snacks and a binder with paper. And I'll write the whole outline on paper because it's something I really don't need a computer for. And if I'm on the computer, I'm just going to become distracted by something. So,
0: um,
1: and I would say, I don't know, I do feel like, there's a different expansiveness when I'm sitting outdoors with just a paper or like a notepad and a pen. There's a different level of expansiveness to what I feel is possible than when I'm just typing at my desk where I normally do my work. Like yeah. getting into that different environment, you know, it just feels like a allowing for a, a new perspective to to arise and maybe it won't and maybe it'll just be you know kind of sticking to the plan but sure. every once in a while it can definitely feel like something magical happens just from being in a different setting yeah maybe it's just quarantine driving us all insane but
0: <laughs> well there's something about outside for sure <laughs> and something there's sometimes magic from just like going to a coffee shop and being in a different place oh not that i, I do really that anymore
1: that. i know i miss <laughs> it so much I walked by the most beautiful library and I was just like, oh my goodness, what I would not give to just voluntarily yeah. not work at my desk. Yes. Like, and I love my desk. It's we custom built it. It's so beautiful. I have crystals and, you know, beautiful calendar and artwork and plants, but sometimes you just need to switch up the setting.
0: Exactly. So, yeah.
1: I guess get in where you can, wherever it's safe to do so.
0: Exactly we just have to do whatever we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to be mindful of your time here. Let's start to wrap up. What does being a whole person mean to you? Which I think you'll have a really interesting answer as a multi-passionate person.
1: For me, hmm, that's such a great question. Being a whole person is a deep acceptance for everything that you feel. And I say this as a very highly emotional person. Mm -hmm. My emotions fluctuate a lot. I feel very deeply. On my good days, I'm great. And on my bad days, I might not want to talk to anyone at all. And the older that I get, the more I am so okay with that. And the more okay with it I am, the more... I find that even in those dark moments, I always learn about who I am as a whole person. There's always something else that's uncovered. There's always, you know what? I'm, well, because I don't ask for help. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So what would it look like for me to receive support, right? Like there's just, that's just one example. But I think being a whole person in terms of relating it back to being multi-passionate, it's about being curious about who you are as a whole person. So I think we all have this inherent desire to fix things and to solve problems and to, you know, when we're feeling bad, figure out how we can feel better, right? Like, okay, I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling like myself. How can I feel better? Um, Or I'm really, really happy. How can I sustain this? And I think that being a whole person is, not necessarily feeling like you have to fix something or make something last longer, but observing it and be, be just being curious about the entire process and letting go of anything being right or wrong. And instead just being curious about what that means. And I don't know if I could really answer it because I think being a whole person is probably just a way of life. And I think that it will be something that evolves more and more through the living of life so it's actually a really hard thing for me to verbalize of course I hope I'm making sense but yeah um, absolutely
0: and anytime I ask someone a question like it's implied that it's your personal experience and how you feel right now and of course that will change as you grow as a person yeah yeah no I love that answer sounds like self-compassion and self-acceptance are very woven into it and those themes come up a lot in people's answers of that question but I love hearing everyone's unique spin on it so thanks for that
1: yeah yeah sure yeah I would say lately it's definitely a lot of self-compassion and a lot of resisting the desire to fix everything and instead becoming curious about what is being revealed in those moments
0: that's good for everything that's good for mm-hmm. life in general yeah so, last question: What are you excited about right now? Could be big, could be trivial.
1: <laughs> I'm really excited to start a podcast. Cool. I, ha- I mean, I think I kept feeling like it's this big thing, and I'm sure I'm going to want to do it. And I still feel like I am not editing this thing myself. I have no interest in doing show notes. I'm going to have to hire someone mm-hmm. to help me. I'm clear on that, but. I kind of had this long drawn out timeline where I thought I was going to launch it a lot later in the year. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, actually, I think I just want to do it (laughs) really soon. So that's really exciting. Um, Just learning more about it. I'm taking a course right now to kind of understand it a little bit more and looking at microphones and thinking about the title and all of that. It's just so exciting to You know, consider integrating an entirely new medium um, into my business model and all the possibilities that are within that. So that's definitely what I've been excited about
0: lately. Awesome. I'm really excited to hear it. I'll be keeping an eye out and I know it's a lot to learn at the beginning and there's a lot to figure out, but I feel like you can do it on your own terms and I know you'll figure out how that works. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you again for coming on today. This has been so fun talking to you.
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. It's been really, really great as well. So refreshing to just sit and chat.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Thanks so much for listening to Being a Whole Person. The music you're hearing right now was written and performed by me, supported by Tim O'Keefe on Percussion. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you shared with a friend, subscribed, or left a rating and review, which will help more people find the show. You can find show notes at coachingforcreativewellness.com slash podcast. See you next time, and be kind to yourself.